Savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Jeep. Stop by during Jeep Adventure Days. Take advantage of the select of special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Jeep. Time to talk a little BYU football now. The Cougars getting ready to face Boise State. Dave Southern joins us, writer for The Athletic. Dave, good morning. You guys, always a pleasure to be on. Like I said, David and Patrick, you know, that's uh, my brother and myself. So I'm always... Uh, always excited to come on with you guys. Well, don't worry. The way the schedule sets up, we are bound to contact you again uh, yeah. later this season uh, before the game with Utah State. But with yeah, the BYU awesome. game looming, and I grew up rooting for San Diego State, and we've got the Aggies here and uh, Boise State's ranked, so it's easy to follow certainly the top of the Mountain West Conference. And so I watched some of that Boise State game, and... How in the world does that happen? How many schools play three quarterbacks in one game and score fifty nine points? Yeah, that's it not is, normal. It, it was it was pre- it, it was pretty impressive. It was uh, you know uh, you know I, I think all season long you know most of the preseason I, I kind of maybe thought that Chase Cord had kind of the edge in being the starting quarterback, but Hank Bachmeyer obviously uh, was worth all the recruiting hype and earned the starting job. And, um, you know, when, when he goes out, you think that that would uh, cause the offense to slow down a little bit. But, uh, in fact, it was almost the opposite. Uh, he wasn't having the greatest game when, when he went out and, and uh, got hit and fumbled. So Chase Cord came in and gave them a real spark. Uh, usually he was thought of as kind of a, a mobile guy, but he threw really well in that game at three touchdown passes. And even Jalen Henderson, the third quarterback, came in and, and was really sharp, too. And so I think that uh, it's something that Harson has kind of said since day one, that he liked all three of them. He wanted all three of them to you know be able to have roles on this team. And uh, you know he proved it in that game and uh, may need to again this weekend with, uh, with, with Hank uh, probably questionable. All right, so you think he's questionable? So you think there's, a, what, a slight chance he might play? Yeah, I think in the slightest, just because uh, the way a hit pointer can be, it might might only be a week or so until he uh, until he feels right. But uh, I, I, you know, I think with what they saw Saturday, they wouldn't feel that they have to, you know, push him to get back, especially with a bye coming up next week. So um, unless you know he has just a great recovery and they they feel if, if he's healthy, they're going to play him. But I think that uh, they're not going to push it. So with Cord and Henderson, is BYU still going to see two? Quarterbacks, are they going to use Henderson, kind of change the pace, bring him in, run some option, that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. If, 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 that, if that's the way it goes, if, if Hank can't play, uh, definitely you'd see both of them. Um, they both can run. I mean, you know, Chase Cord, his, uh, his third ever snap in college was last year at Troy, and he cracked off a 46 yard touchdown. So I think that, um, I, th- I think either of them are capable options running the ball. But I think in, in this case, um, you know, uh, Chase is the, a much better passer, in my opinion. So I think that uh, if those two play, that you'd see both, but uh, Jalen would be more of the running one. So when we look at Boise State, you know, we know about the high-flying offenses and whatnot and blue turf and just those types of things. But we also, the way I look at it, too, is they've had a slew of 1,000-yard rushers, and not just college guys, but guys who've gone on and Martin and J.I. done very, very well at the pro level. This year, you look at it statistically, and it looks like obviously they're splitting between two backs. Is that the point, or what is the point of not having a featured back like they've had in years prior? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, because 
during the uh, during the preseason, I was kind of writing about that streak. It has been um, it has been ten straight years they've had a one thousand yard running back, and um, obviously last year with you know Alexander Madison. Now he's doing a good job in Minnesota. Um, that that that's a point of pride for them. And I kind of going into the fall camp, you kind of realized well they don't really have that guy. And the coaches kept telling me that you know they'd be by committee and they eventually probably would find that guy. Well, they still haven't. And I think part of that is because the guy that they maybe have wanted it to be is is Robert Mahone, the junior, and he's done a fine job. But right behind him is George Holani, who's a true freshman. He's been outstanding. And I think that there is kind of a groundswell for him to be that guy. And I still think that they're waiting for one of them to really take the opportunity because Holani has done a really good job the last two weeks of having good runs, but late in the game when the game's pretty much decided that, that he hasn't quite had those early on in the game enough to really warrant uh, consistently getting those carries. Mahone's kind of a consistent type, but he's not the kind that's going to be breaking those big runs. And so I think when they give it to Holani early, if he can kind of get more yardage consistently, then he might emerge as that guy. But right now they want it to be Mahone, but he hasn't shown that he's kind of the guy who's going to break off a, you know, a run of more than 20 very often. So should we assume now that Boise State is back to being a high-flying, high-scoring team and that the that was kind of a one-off, that 14-7 game with Marshall? <laughs> I, I think that game was a little bit of an anomaly. Got, you know, think, you know, I think that's going to be one at the end of the year. That whether they, Even if they lose the game, I think the one that everyone's going to look back on and be like, what happened? And that would probably be that Marshall game. They just... That was, it wasn't very impressive, but then again, it wasn't you know the second ever start for a true freshman. It was his first home game, but um, but I think that they're close to kind of being that sort of you know high flying team. I you know they scored fifty nine last week. I'm still not sure yet. They're quite back to kind of that old Boise State style of putting up you know forty consistently. But but they were close to that you know before the the Hawaii game. But I, I still think there's a little bit of ways to go, especially with that running attack still being a little inconsistent. Um, you know even. Even when uh, when Hank Bachmeyer was in there, there was occasionally he would hold the ball a little too long and take a sack or maybe get a turnover. I still think that they're you know a, a little bit of a, a step away from kind of being back to to normal. But I still think that you know it was a good sign for them against Hawaii that they can put up you know some points. And I think that they will they're, they're going to be you know one of the probably best offenses in the conference. But even by Boise State standards, maybe that's not quite high enough. I'm wondering with the level of importance because this game always falls at an interesting time it's in the middle of conference season but yet you know BYU has a name and Boise right now being undefeated is trying to accomplish something special obviously so how do they handle this game yeah I think it helps a little bit for them knowing that um, you know if you want to call it a rival game or not whatever you want to call it that this this is something that has year year in and year out been a competitive game and I think that helps for Boise State even you know if there was a lot of conference and you know, play someone that, you know, like if they were say, you know, Marshall hypothetically, that would be different. But I think BYU kind of feels a bit more like sort of a conference game because it's been so close. We looked even last year when they came up here and Zach had them down inside the five-yard line and with a you know, chance to win the game. So I think that, that that helps, you know, with the focus. And I think, too, again, having a bye week next week really kind of lets them not necessarily feel like they're completely out of conference, that it's like, okay, you know, win this game and then it's back to it and you get a week to, to get ready for the next one. So I think that just because it's regional and it's a little bit of a rivalry, I, I think this one, you know, the, the, it's not going to really take them out of the groove too much. 
BYU obviously has a three-game losing streak, and there have been plenty of problems. Hidden in that is then the offense, I think, has moved pretty well in the middle of the field, really bogged down in the red zone. And a little curious, I mean, I, I guess the defense loses the edge a little bit. Uh, Hawaii had 16 points in the fourth quarter when the game was basically decided. But do you feel like the Bronco defense is good, very good? How tough a test is this for the BYU offense? I think it'll be a very good test for the for the BYU offense. Um, I, I was kind of I did my midseason report this morning, and uh, you know, kind of adding it up. Boise State's only given up 36 points in the second half this season, so that's only six points a game in the second half so far. Um, and so they, they didn't give up a point in the first three games in the second half. So I think that um, you know they haven't been able to create the turnovers they want to. They did have four last week, so they have ten this season. Um, but they've been really stout, and I think that they're one of the better defenses in the country on third downs. And they will, you know, there's that sort of team that maybe they're not going to be able to be a bunch of ball hawks, but they're going to get teams off the field. And I think that, you know, that that's been a really that's maybe been the biggest surprise I thought this season, considering that they lost their defensive coordinator Andy Avalos to Oregon. They had two other new hires on the defensive side of the ball. Their middle linebacker got hurt um, in September, and he's out for the year. And they still want to roll with it, and it's been really impressive. And I think that they're going to, you know, I think that's going to really help them out, especially if the offense, as it has been, uh, maintains a little bit of in- inconsistency. So if Bachmeyer is out and they go to Cord, you've already said that that basically was a close battle, and we know who won it. How close was it between second and third? for that backup spot with Henderson, and if the starter, Chase, should struggle, do you think that they would go quicker to the backup? Uh, Jalen, he came in in the spring last year, and between last spring and this fall camp, I haven't seen a quarterback make better improvements than him because a year and a half ago, it looked rough. And um, he he definitely took a step up, but, but Chase was far and away going to be the backup. I, I, I think I think even though they had a competition, Jalen was part of it. Um, they really like Chase and, you know, so far what he's done on the field this season, you've seen why. Um, he's a guy who, who can run the ball and, and, and can throw it really well. Jalen can run it, um, maybe not even as well as Chase and um, his passing has had been an issue and honestly until until Saturday uh, had never really been able to you know, throw the ball consistently in a game before. So I think that uh, there will uh, be a very, very, very long leash on Chase if he does start because um, you know, you know, Jalen's a decent player, but I think that, that Chase is, is so much closer to being a starting quarterback that I think that they're going to they're gonna ride him as long as, as, long as possible, even if it, if it does uh, not start out pretty well. Zach Wilson was also a BYU commit before he, or excuse me, a Boise State commit before he ended up going to mm-hmm. BYU, and obviously, you know, he's hurt and not going to be playing. But I'm just curious: was it one of these guys? Would they not be there? Would they have transferred? Was Boise State just going to get as many quarterbacks as they can and let them sort themselves out? What was the plan there? I, I think what's really interesting is, is if Zach did come here, um, I'm not sure if they would have got Hank Blockmeyer. I mean, I mean, they would have, they might have tried, but. But Hank, you know, when I talked to him, he said, you know, when he came here, he liked the system, he liked the coaches, and he liked the chance that he was going to maybe start right away. Because um, if Zach was here and, had, you know, had, had played early or redshirted or whatever, what have you, um, he would have had a leg up. And so, um, you know, I, I still think there was a decent chance Hank would have come, but it would have, it would have been really different and, and really interesting. And uh, what's interesting to me, too, is after they lost Zach, 
you know, Boise State really tried hard after Brock Purdy. He ended up going to Iowa State. And the kid they got, um, the kid from Florida named Riley Smith, they've already moved him um, from quarterback to tight end. So I think that uh, it didn't work out too great for them in the uh, immediate, but um, but I think being able to get Bachmeyer and potentially be a four-year starter really kind of softened the blow of losing Zach. What do you think BYU's offense can attack the defense? Uh, I, I, I think probably the, the area that, that, that still is a little bit unproven to me is in the past game that they have done a really nice job so far for you know as far as Boise State's concerned of not necessarily giving up big plays. There were a few against Hawaii, and last year that was that was the kind of the Achilles heel. And I think that because this is a defense that's not necessarily going to be a bunch of ball hawks, they kind of keep things in front of them. But I think that there is um, you know a, a tendency sometimes to allow the big play, you know, taking advantage of. Jalen Walker is a new starter at corner. Um, they have some good vets at safety, but I think that you know getting big plays in the pass game really makes a big difference against this defense, and I think that's the way to go because the run defense has been solid. They have not given up very many big plays, and I think that uh, that, that that's going to be the toughest you know task for them is, is is in the run. So I think if they can get some get some long passes, that'll help them out a lot. How disciplined will the play calling be offensively for Boise State because it looks like BYU just doesn't have answers to stop people in the run game. Will they stick to the run? I mean, we've all got this image of Boise State throwing the ball all over the place. Yeah, and, 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 I, and there's good reason for that. Um, and also, particularly this year even, they have you know, a really deep wide receiver core. But I think that because they've wanted to get more consistency in the run game, and if their starting quarterback won't be playing and and that that quarterback that will be playing is going to be mobile. This is as good a chance as, as any as them to get to get the ball rolling um, on the ground, like you said, with with BYU's run defense struggling, and you know may, maybe this is a game where they kind of find an answer on who that lead back is. They did it two years ago down there. They Alexander Madison had started really slow in the first month of the season. They started Robert Mahone uh, at BYU. But Mahone fumbled and pretty much disappeared off the face of the earth, and 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 Madison had a had a great season after that. So who knows? Maybe BYU is the place where Boise State finds answers, and uh, they could do it again, whether it's Holani or or it's actually Mahone this time. Well, Dave, give my best to your brother Patrick. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll text him in Minnesota right now. Okay. <laughs> text him and tell him I like you better. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, that sounds great to me. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. All right, guys. Appreciate it as always. Dave Southern, Boise State writer for The Athletic, joining us here to talk about the Cougars and the Broncos. All right, DJ and PK, coming up, everything you wanted to know in today's show in one nice little segment. We do it next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz lost to the Kings, 128-115. They wrap up the preseason slate tomorrow against the Blazers. Vivint Smart Home Arena, 7 o'clock. Lakers big man Anthony Davis day-to-day after his MRI for a sprained thumb. She came back clean. Packers rallied to beat the Lions 23-22 in Monday Night Football. Cam Newton expected to return to practice next week after the team's bye week. He's been rehabbing a foot injury. Kyle Allen's piled up a 4-0 record in relief of Newton as the Panthers' starting quarterback. Nationals. 8-1 8-1 winners over the Cardinals. They lead the NLCS three games to none. They go for the sweep tonight, 6 o'clock at home on TBS. Game three of the ALCS, Yankee Stadium. Yankees and Astros, 2 o'clock on FS1. The teams split the first two games in that series. 
Top of the Wire is brought to you by Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone Listener Specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com for more details. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? BYU dropping that one to the South Florida Bulls. With the way things started, it looked like BYU was going to have that game in hand. South Florida realized, we're playing against the 120th <laughs> team in the country against the run. Maybe yeah. we should run but, the ball on but, these guys. But the passing game was not really much of a threat. BYU, all they had to do was load up the box and stop the run, and they could not do it. Nope. And even with all of that said, BYU had two opportunities to win the game and could not do it. And with what I believe is on the line for the coaching staff. That is a brutal blow. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others and only, you're only thinking about yourself. So I don't believe, I don't want to get into a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand, and, um, and he spoke. And uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. So just be careful what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that too. It's LeBron James on Daryl Morey right there. And I got to say, PK, I lost a lot of respect for LeBron. Really? I really a lot? Did, I really didn't like that. You know, the, the whole thing, speaking up for people who don't have a voice, feeling like an African-American man and African-Americans getting a raw deal, and it's very political, and a lot of people get fired up. But now you got a chance to speak up for somebody else. And I get if you don't want to uh, jeopardize all the money the NBA has at stake in China, especially if you feel like when you try to stick up for people in Hong Kong, it's not going to have any impact. China's going to do what China's going to do. So if you remain quiet, you know, I get that. But to step up and then go after Daryl Morey, I, didn't, I don't get that. I, I, I don't get that. It's, it's a bet. You should be quiet at least because he goes on on social media and says it could have waited a week to send it. So the priority was some preseason games. I mean, if you're, if you're really educated on the issue of how much money the NBA is making over there, it's getting all the merchandising cut off and it's getting the regular season TV broadcast cut off. A week doesn't have anything to do with it, LeBron. Oh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. So are you educated on the deal and the fact that China can just shut off NBA broadcast to the whole country and lower the salary cap, I don't know, 5 10 maybe 15%. I'm uneducated on exactly what the number is, but it's a lot of money. And at the end of the day, the NBA stamping its feet, can they really demand how China is going to behave in Hong Kong? Probably not. But I, I, just, oh, no, no. I did not like him going after Daryl Morey there. It's like... You're uneducated. Now you're all about the money. You didn't like it a year or two ago when other people are out the money, and you were talking about social justice. And I get on the social justice issues. People, you know, have different takes, and we can break down whether he was right or he was wrong, or he was partially right or he's partially wrong. But to just, I just felt like he just completely dismissed what Daryl Morey said. Isn't there some part of us that looks at what's going on in the streets in Hong Kong and is uncomfortable with it, whether we think we can impact and influence it or not? I got you. I don't like it. I got you. I, I, I didn't like it. 
I can't say that I was lost a lot of respect for LeBron James. LeBron James is a man trying to negotiate his world and a complex world in which he lives, certainly. Agreeing and, on all of that. And microphones are stuck in his face. I'm not supporting completely, although some of the stuff he said I have no problem with about, you know, you have consequences of free speech. You That's just don't true. have free speech, and so you just pop off whatever. Uh, the thing that I didn't like is tell me, and he didn't want to go into it, and if you don't want to go into it, then don't bring it up, but how was the other man, in this case Maury, how was he not educated or misinformed. That's what I want to know. What is behind that? Because that's the one portion where I had a, a the probably the biggest issue. I'd have to go back and look at the entire statement. But that issue I had a, a problem with. And But why was the Rockets GM, in your thought, why was he misinformed or not educated? I don't know what the thinking is there. I would be guessing at that. Um, I guess... What I would say is that he was uninformed is how... Cause it's the blowback? Hard. Yeah, I think that he doesn't... Uh, I would have to say the Rockets GM doesn't understand how big a platform he has and how loud his voice is. And it's, it's easy, you know, you're, you're just you. And Daryl Morey is thinking, I was just me when I was 10. I was just me when I was 20. But now here he is. Time. But now here he is. I got like, you. You're the general manager of not just an NBA team, but one of the two or three best NBA teams, I think most people would say, depending on the year, the last couple of years. And and you've had a star player from China. You're visible in China in a way that other franchises aren't because Yao Ming played there and he didn't play for Absolutely. other teams. Right? And so when you do this... Do you really know the blowback? And I would have to Probably say Daryl Morey would agree right now. Like, yeah, I did Nobody not know. Nobody understands the blowback of Twitter. That's why I'm done. Yeah. And, and he, when he sent Twitter, so I can see that part of it. Yeah, but, but the part so about that doesn't waiting, mean he doesn't have the right to do it. I mean, Popovich and Kerr have the right to just go off on a president time after time after time after time. that's the part time. you really don't like. So the most important thing to you is making the money and playing the preseason games. And I get that's that what players like. probably have shoe deals on top of they what they're money, getting paid. And they want more money. Right. And on top of that, they want some extra extra money so that i think that's where the the bad stuff comes in uh you know fortunately for me uh, and this may sound very just so stupid but i'm not going to let it spoil my enjoyment of nba hoop just like i didn't let kaepernick issue and spoil my enjoyment of the nfl yeah but this is this is something that all of us can learn from uh, that what what's really out there what does it what is this world about we think we know and yeah, if you're in my case, you don't know Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I remember my grandmother telling me that. And I mean, I, I knew it was Grandma true, James or Grandma it, Porter? Uh, it was my mom's mom. Grandma Porter? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you anything. So, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't trust you. So <laughs> take, my, take my family life. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> what was the point? You got me derailed already. Your grandmother about oh, knowing she said, stuff. <laughs> I knew a lot more. And then I got to a point where I realized I knew less. And the older I get, the more I think I don't know anything about anything. There, there's so much to know, and everything is so interconnected. And maybe if I, and I won't because he's LeBron James, maybe if I could sit down across from LeBron James and talk to him about this for right. 30 minutes, which will never happen, but if it were just two of us and there are no microphones, I'd have a much better idea what he was saying. But when I hear this, and I've now heard it like three or four times, I keep hearing the preseason games were the most important thing. And maybe that's not what he's saying, but that's what I'm hearing. I get it. And I don't like that. The I preseason games are not the most important thing. I'm not even sure they're top five. 
It could have waited a week to send it. No, anytime Daryl Morey sent it. Wait a week. What was that about? I, so so the, we're the all back from China. So I didn't have to deal with this a, crap. There were, yeah. Over in China. Well, no. But, See, that's the thing where, given the power of social media, I think LeBron would have had to, because he's LeBron. Yeah, but he's not like, in China. He, he would not have had to deal, deal with, with the hassle China. of China and what they must have had to gone, I, have gone through. Right. But I assume that he would have had, um, yeah, and maybe he's, maybe there's stuff we don't know that he's afraid they weren't going to be let out of the country. I, I don't even know what. I'm, I'm speculating wildly. You know, but he's LeBron James. He still would have had to deal with this 52 weeks a year. People will always go to LeBron for reaction on the NBA. He's gotten to the point now. I mean, he's like, I mean, people go to Magic and Bird to talk about the NBA, and their day is 30 years in the rearview mirror. Hey, 30 years from now, people are going to be going to LeBron to talk about the NBA. I mean, he's that, he's that level. If he chooses. Yeah, if he makes himself available the way they do. Jordan's probably not as available, but people still want his opinion. He's not 30 years out yet, but they will want Jordan's opinion 30 years out. LeBron's on that level. But when he said he could have waited a week to send it, unless it was he was worried about getting out of the country and getting back to the U.S., which I guess they didn't consider. Um, back to I, the U.S.? Back to the U.S., yeah. Back it to just, the U.S.? Uh, I hear you. How about this, Kendrick Perkins? Daryl Morey's entitled to his own, but he could have chose to address the young man that was just killed by police in his Dallas apartment, and he didn't, or and he didn't, or anything else that's going on right here in America. But we just going to keep sweeping it under the rug. See, it's racial. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a I lot know, of there's now it's LeBron versus Morey. There's a lot of uh, social justice issues to talk at, about out there, and players do have big platform and a ton of power. And I, I got to say, I like it more when they address it than when they don't. I would rather have them out there, even if I don't agree with them, than have Jordan saying Republicans buy sneakers too. I would rather have them out there trying to make a difference, even if it's not a difference that I appreciate uh, I'd the most. Have you or be like. honest, and if that's Jordan's honesty, so be it. Yeah. All right, so there's that. I don't think we've heard the last of it. I think everybody in the NBA is nervous to talk about it, thinking, wow, am I going to set off some brush fire that I can't comprehend? So I guess you've got to give LeBron points for talking about it. What do you think is being said behind the scenes now that LeBron, because there's a part of the NBA that probably wants it to go away. I think when you're in the middle of one of these things, you just want it to go away eventually. It's exhausting. Yeah, the reality is, what can we as Americans do about that? I don't know, man. I, I, I wish we all lived in heaven and everything was fair and just and beautiful. Uh, but it's not. I have no answers. I have no answers in my own home. How am I supposed to have answers for the NBA in China? All right, other stuff we've been talking about during the show. The Jazz gave up 128 points. Way no, too many. The Jazz had no answers for the Kings. 78 <laughs> points in the first half. I was really surprised. A 37-point quarter, a 41-point quarter. We're used to seeing the Jazz, basically, you give up 25 points in a quarter, 50 in a half, 100 in a game, and you win the game. Well, you shoot for under 30. Yeah, but I think that they, okay, the way they play defensively, right. But now, are the Jazz going to be a team that shoots for under 30? Ah, with their offense, that might be fine. Who cares? In the end, final analysis, if they're sitting there in the second round with a three-one lead, who cares? I totally agree <laughs> with that. And they just maybe they're just going to play higher-scoring games this year. But one twenty-eight seems like too big a number, and it's a preseason game, so don't. I had someone yeah. tweet at me, "How concerned are you?" I said, "It's the preseason on a scale." He said, "On a scale of one to 10. I said, "In a preseason, I can't get more than a two or three, positive or negative." 
It's just not. It's the preseason. Well, I have the concern, big picture. You're bringing a bunch of new dudes together. And right. that that is an automatic concern, whether sure. it's ball movement, shot selection, defensive right. rotations, whatever it might be, substitutions, uh, rotations that you're playing. You're going to bring Joe off the bench. You're going to start him. You're going to go with Jeff Green. What's his role going to be? How's Mutier going to adjust? So you put it all in a big pot and that all pick out a concern of the day, whatever it might be, because this is brand new here. And... The cool thing about it, from an intrigue standpoint, is outside of Denver, everybody else, and maybe Portland, everybody else is still in a sa- they're in the same boat. There's a bunch of intrigue. How's it going to be? How are the Clippers going to be? they got a whole bunch of new things. The Rockets, you don't bring in Westbrook without some form of adjustment. Maybe the adjustment is smooth, but nevertheless, it's still an adjustment. LeBron is getting up there. Anthony Davis. Now, now, Anthony, man, you're not playing out in no man's land where you can just put up a bunch of stats and everybody looks at you, oh, you're all that. No, now, my friend, it is about winning. And how are you going to win? And every day, there's going to be this comparison Kawhi and Paul George, LeBron and Anthony Davis in your very building. There is a reason. That's a lot of fun. There is a reason the Jazz open on the 23rd, like most NBA teams. There's two games on the 22nd, mm-hmm. and one of them is the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah. The point you just said. It's L.A. They got the megastars. Each team's got these, you know, a couple of stars. So square them off. I find this entirely fascinating. There, there are plenty of people who are picking those teams to finish 1-2 in the West. For sure. Yeah. I was thinking about this last night as I was at the ball game. and The Jazz game. Yeah, because I wanted to go to the game because I knew it wasn't on television. And so I, I got tickets, and I got a couple of kids and a wife, and they were bored. My wife stuck uh, licorice up her nose and you know, had fun with it. Uh, and we went out and got a slice of pizza before. But as I was watching a ball game, I'm thinking, you know, normally – I'm not all that excited for the start of the NBA season. It kind of comes upon us, and then after Thanksgiving, when we have that break between the end of the regular season and the start of the bowl games, you know, then I get into it. But not this year, man. I'm for that very reason you just said. Plus for the Jazz, I'm into it right now, and I'm ready to go. There's a lot of intrigue and sports to me. It's like it's like a mystery movie type of thing. I find that intriguing. You know, Fletch being the greatest mystery movie of all time. You know what I mean? No. Oh, come on. That stuff at the end? That didn't surprise you? Murder on the Orient Express. Okay, that was decent, but Fletch as a potential murder mystery? Yeah. And that's what we have here. We have a lot of mystery going into the season. And that is, to me... That equates to fun right here with our own ball club, plus a bunch of others, too. Even last year when the Jazz had a good defensive team, they had problems defending the Kings. The Kings scored at least 110 points all three times they played. They won one of the three matchups. I think they had like a 119 mixed in there, 112 or something. So the fact that the Kings scored a lot of points, they got firepower. Well, I think the bottom line here, Dave— is that we better hope the Jazz don't face the Kings in the Western Conference Finals. I'm relatively sure that is not going to happen. So you're saying there's a chance. They're the Kings. 
DJ and PK, that's some of the stuff we've been talking about during this game, your, or during this show. Your feedback coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Ever since I get hit by that stingray, I don't like water sports. <laughs> you got hit by a stingray? Yeah. You get hit by everything. Okay, I know. You, you got to tell why you got hit by the stingray. Yeah. Where did you get hit? Right on the hand. Right in yeah. the side of the hand, and it, it went in about an inch and a half. He almost got wow. crocodile hunted. Yeah. It, it was bad. I wanted to pet it. You wanted to pet it? You're kind of like Lenny from Mouse and Men, aren't you? No, like, no. no. <laughs> well, kind of with the a sea creatures. Bit. The thing is, they're so fast. <laughs> they're unassuming. They look at you like... Like, hey, I'm here to pet. He blended in with the bottom two, and I think he thought, oh, that dude doesn't see me. And then when I touched him, he's like, he does see me. And then, and then he hit me. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For 103 weeks out of a two-year cycle, I root for Kalani and Quinn and Kyle. I sing harmony and come come ye saints. I appreciate the mountains, but for one week every two years, I get to wear gold. This is game week. Let's go, Devils! Brandon will just be checking in daily. That's how that's going to play out. I wear maroon. What I should say that in the mic. I wear maroon. Maroon and gold seals, the colors. I know that. <laughs> you looked at me kind of weird. Or weird ear. That's probably more accurate. <laughs> Your feedback. It's brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only three fifty nine per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. All right, you've had a lot to say in today's show. Poll question's all done that we put up yesterday. Utes favored by 12.5 points over ASU. Is that spread too much, too little, or just right? 60% for too much, 12% for too little, 28% just right. That would be an impressive win if they beat them by two touchdowns for sure. That would be nice. And, of course, it ended up being too little because the 12.5 point spread moved to 13.5. Yeah. During the show yesterday. At least that's when we found out about it. I don't think that the Utes can really just capture everybody's imagination nationally by beating the Devils because I don't think the Devils are there yet. They potentially may be on the way and it will spill in the next season. But if they take care of business these next three games and they're sitting here, what would that be, 8-1? and one? Then it's on. Gage, I hate the losses, but the offense is really starting to click. Especially the power lineup of Conley, DM, Joe, Rudy, and Bogey. Defense will come, but the offense is nice to see. I don't hate the losses in the preseason. <laughs> you just can't get motivated about the wins or the losses. No. no. We're not going to remember Th- them. Those are absolutely meaningless, so I don't hate the losses whatsoever. Is Bogdanovich, is... he looked like Mark Madsen to you guys? A little bit. He's a cross between Mark Madsen and Austin Crozier. Remember him for I'll Indiana? go more Austin than Mark Madsen. Uh, I think there's I'm, some. I'm with PK with the mix. Oh, really? I think there's some Mats in there, uh, too. What is Austin Crozier? I hadn't thought of him in a long time. He had a nice <laughs> yeah. run for the Pacers there. Yeah, every time I watched Bogdanovich last year, I thought I was watching Austin, Austin Crozier. Crozier. <laughs> <laughs> Looked the same. Now, he's. I think he's a little bit better player. But Crozier had a nice run. Yeah, they were. I think he went to Crossroads. A uh, elite level uh, private school in the LA area. 
I'm not going to obsess over anything. I'm not, I, I have a level of concern, but none of it reaches obsession. They're 0-4. I'll obsess. <laughs> I don't even know who they play outside of, well, I know they play Oklahoma City and then the Lakers. And don't they play, do they play Sacramento right off the bat, too? Correct. Yeah. Schedule's usually my thing. I'm, I'm not doing well here. I'm with PK. I do those three games. Yeah, I don't know anything uh, beyond it. that. I don't know anything I go week that. by week. Well, we got another week. We can read the schedule a week from today. Well, I know they so what got... what is it? A week, a week from tonight is the opener, the 22nd. The, for not, the NBA. Not for the Jazz. The Jazz. The NBA. Yeah, I know it's they got a, Oklahoma City, then they got the Lakers on the Friday in a later night. It's a national game. TV doubleheader on Anytime Tuesday. they have those 831s, if they're Friday, I'm all for them. <laughs> <laughs> Middle of the week, not so no. much. They talk about sleep deprivation in the NBA. ESPN's got a big story on it. How about sleep deprivation if you got a morning show? I'm already dreading the playoffs. Already? Or eight months away. Just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm anticipating the playoffs. Playoffs are so much fun. The weather's good, and people are so excited. You can do the shows out in the plaza when I help with the jazz pre, have and post. People are so pumped up. I'm way excited about that. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of here. Tony and Austin are up next. Stay with us.